0: Welcome to the Talk Angry podcast, your
1: destination for Shocker basketball. Join us every episode from the Forge Audio Production Studio as we dive into game recaps, analysis, and interviews throughout the 2018-2019 basketball season. And now, here are your hosts, Dustin Kuhn and Taylor Eldridge. Welcome to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. It was amazing, and then it was ugly, and then it was just good enough. Taylor and I will recap Wichita State's 71-63 win over the Baylor Bears. We'll also get you ready for Saturday's matchup in Oklahoma City with the Oklahoma Sooners. To help us preview the Sooners, we'll be joined by Joe Musato, who covers the team for the Oklahoma. Big Show Big 12 edition of the show coming up for you right after this. The Talk Angry podcast is brought to you by Forge Audio Productions. For all your audio and music production needs, Forge Audio is ready to deliver the highest quality production that serves the artist. To
0: receive a free consultation or quote from Brian, visit www.forgeaudioprod.com. That's www.forgeaudioprod.com. Or follow the studio on Facebook or Instagram. And now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. I alluded to it in the intro. Is quite the wave of emotions we saw Saturday night at Charles Koch Arena. The Shockers looked just about as perfect as you can for that first half. Second half, you know, certainly some, some coachable moments there. Uh, I think you put it perfectly, or actually Coach Marshall put it perfectly after the game, that it was really a perfect scenario. There's things on film that you can show that, you know, you can— reward these guys for a job well done there's things on film you can show that there's still a lot of improvement so what did you think about the volatile nature of this game and your thoughts overall with the big win yeah
2: this is you know this kind of captured the the spirit of this team and all in one game you know you saw the ups you saw the downs you know this is the way it's going to be um you know all season and uh, Coach Marshall said today in his press conference that, you know, th- those first 20 minutes, those might be some of the that might be one of the best halves of basketball Wichita State has seen, you know, uh, you know, maybe since Fred and Ron and uh, they played just lights out on offense and then really guarded, really got up in Baylor and disrupted what they wanted to do and, you know, they held them to 0.47 points per possession in the first half. Just unreal defense, you know, they're not going to be able to repeat that probably this entire season, but, you know, that was just about as good as it gets, you know, they got 19 of 21 stops to begin the game against Baylor, and then, you know, uh, Eric Stevenson and Samajah Hans-Jones pretty much had a, a shootout between themselves, and that was, uh, you know, really fun to watch, and, you know, brought brought to life the, the Coke Arena crowd, and, you know, the the place is rocking, they're up thirty three and you think, man, like what should I say they're they're about to beat Baylor by thirty points and um, and then it just keeps uh, you know, they just they stopped scoring, they started, you know, shot hunting themselves. They they stopped, you know, playing team basketball. They stopped defending at a high level and you know, those things add up over time, and when you do that for an entire half, I mean, we saw what happened. You know, Baylor, give them credit, too. They, they played really well on offense. They, they certainly, you know, they didn't want to get punked like that, so they, they came back with some a better effort in the second half. But, you know, still, Wichita State, you know, this is a definitely a, a teaching moment for, for Marshall and he's going to get a lot of really good tape to show these guys what not to do
1: when they when they get a big lead like that. Some of the key stats in this game, Wichita State was plus 7 in rebounds. They had 44 rebounds to Baylor's 37. They were also plus 12 in bench production, so we we talk a lot about the newcomers, but also the depth overall of this team, and we might have seen the bench get a little longer here with Isaiah Poobear Chandler. Talk a little bit about his game.
2: Yeah, he he was much more active this game. He's really struggled when he's gotten the gotten in uh, with his defense and, and rebounding. And uh, Coach Marshall said his his uh, he was practicing a lot better leading up to that game, and we definitely saw that translate over to the the Baylor game. You know, he was forced in Mo Udase picks up two fouls in like twenty seconds. So I mean, they needed someone to spell Ichaniki at the five and. Uh, uh, Poe Bear, I mean, he, he comes through with a huge game three offensive rebounds, three assists, uh, really nice post move, uh, when he got the ball inside. So, uh, you know, two of those offensive rebounds directly led to two three pointers. So, uh, he was able to kick it out and find some Ajay and Eric Stevenson. So, um, really productive game for, for Poe Bear. Improved his stock, like Marshall said after the game, you know, the bench got longer. You know, now you can uh, envision scenarios where maybe he plays the four and uh, spills McDuffie a little bit at the four and uh you know right now it's just pretty much rod brown backing him up at the four so um you know he provides depth at the four he provides depth at the five you know maybe uh when you and Ich Ichinike both get in foul trouble or something like that he can you know step up off the bench and, and you know be a solid person in this rotation uh for a while there it was it was down to eight so maybe uh i mean if he
1: continues his solid play you know marshall kind of extends it up to nine Samaje Haynes Jones has his first career double double. He leads all scores with twenty one points, also adds in ten rebounds. He looked, you know, like the player we've all been waiting to see in the first half. Second half, some of the shot selection got a little little hectic there. But uh, what'd you like overall from Samaje's game?
2: Yeah, not just the offense. You know, he makes a career high six threes. You know, he gets his first career double-double. And, you know, a lot of those rebounds, you know, it's not because he's, you know, a great rebounder there. It's just because, you know, Wichita State's bigs are doing a good job boxing out. And he's just the recipient of a lot of those. Uh, you know, long rebounds. But um, I was a really big fan of, you know, after rewatching the game and Marshall pointed this out as well, but um, way more active on defense. You know, he's he really good at, uh, you know, keeping the ball handler in front of him. He had struggled at times and, you know, he kind of dies on, on screens a little bit too easy and he was really doing a good job of fighting over screens keeping guys in front of him and, you know, uh, staying active uh, with his hands on defense. And that's where he can improve the most. And and then also, you know, you saw him... Uh, make a little bit better decisions you know whether to shoot or pass in the first half uh, like you mentioned you know a lot of bad shots there in the second half probably three or four that you don't want to see you know if you can cut down on the off the dribble shots and just become a catch and shoot uh, shooter you know his shooting percentage is going to increase dramatically uh, a lot of the shots that he's missing so far this season have been off the dribble jumpers where he's off balance and, you know, his feet aren't set. And those are tough shots. You know, he makes them some of those times. You know, you think of the the Makai Mason one where, you know, he he jukes him out. He puts him on skates. You know, he had him, like, three feet to the left. Uh, He juked him out so bad, and he swished that one. So it it works at times, but, you know, that's not a roadmap to success. Uh, It's not a roadmap to, you know, 40% where he can probably be. Uh, you know, he needs to to limit those and shoot more catch and shoot, uh, threes. And I think you saw, you know, a step in the right direction that first half and, uh, something he can certainly build on going into
1: this OU game. Marcus McDuffie had 15 points against Baylor. He only needs 10 more to reach a thousand points for his career as a Shocker. Jamie Echenique also has a block in each of the team's first seven games. So, is this our new defensive watch here? And certainly providing some some good support there in the middle. Yeah, Jamie has uh, been
2: uh, you know really impressive so far. Um, in the the summer, I'd heard you know he he came here and uh, really impressed early on, and then once the season got near. Uh, he, he was kind of like running out of energy or just wasn't as energetic in practices. And, uh, you know, that's why Asbjorn started those first couple games. But, you know, uh, Ichinike has really, really played at a high level so far this season. I think he's probably been uh, maybe the second or third best, uh, probably the second, uh, thinking back to my grades that I have um I think he's probably been the second best player behind McDuffie so far. Uh, he's doing a lot of rebounding, doing a lot of defense. Uh, excellent shot blocker. You know, he's not just blocking shots. He's altering shots. Uh, he's he's a, a great rim protector. He's sucking up a lot of rebounds. Uh, very good in the pick-and-roll defense. I've uh, been very impressed with him. And, uh, you know, with that newfound ability to step out and hit a three, uh, that's something that Wichita State has been pretty surprised by. I mean, he only shot one three uh, two years in junior college, so this is a kind of a new thing for him. And uh, when he's not rushing and not forcing it from the outside, you know, his stroke is really good, and uh, he's become a very good
1: uh, all-around player for Wichita State this year. Coach Marshall has won seven out of his last nine games against Big 12 opponents. The good news, he'll have another opportunity against a Big 12 opponent this Saturday in the Oklahoma City Classic at Chesapeake Energy Arena, home of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Joe Mazato who covers the team for the Oklahoma. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. The Shockers will head to Oklahoma City on Saturday to take on their second straight Big 12 conference opponent in the Oklahoma Sooners. To help us preview the matchup, we're joined now by, by Joe Musato, who covers the team for The Oklahoman and NewsOK.com. Joe, how are you today?
0: I'm doing well. I'm uh, glad to be on with you guys tonight.
1: We appreciate you taking the time. A lot of shocker fans had their eyes on ESPN this evening as the Sooners took down Notre Dame 85 to 80 at Madison Square Garden. Brady Manick scores 17 points on five of eight shooting from three. Christian James, who has led the w- way all year for the sh- Sooners, excuse me, scores 25 points. What did you think about this game?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you kind of mentioned the two guys that stuck out, and I, I think Brady Manick was the key tonight for OU. He had really come into this game against Notre Dame struggling from three, uh, was was shooting below 30% from three this season after almost shooting 40% last year. So he's a the guy they were able to get going. Uh, OU wasn't at full strength tonight. Jermoney McNeese, their senior center, who's kind of their – Best interior defensive player, and they run a lot of offense through him. He was out tonight, so OU had to go small. Uh, It ended up working, though, because they shot more than 50% from three, so uh, James and Mannock were two of the biggest reasons why.
2: Yeah, and WSU fans should probably remember Jamani. He was the one snatching balls out of the air last year. He wasn't just blocking them. He was just snatching them out. So he was really impressive. But, uh, you know, OU coming into this year, and you know, they were picked eighth uh, in the Big 12. Off to a really, really good start, though. I mean, do you feel like the NCAA, uh, NCAA tournament and a higher finish than eighth, is that, you know, what what's expected, uh, I guess, inside the program?
0: Yeah, you know, coming into this year, I, I think internally, you know, their goal is to always make the tournament, and they would have never said otherwise. But there was no hiding that it was a rebuilding year uh, for them, especially, you know, post-Trey Young, to see what they would do. They I, I don't think anyone expected Christian James to be one of the Big 12's leading scorers so far. Uh, he, he's really made up a lot of what they lost with Trey Young turning pro. But, uh, you know, this is a team that prior to the season, I thought they might be on the outside looking in as far as dnc tournament but they've already racked up uh three really three top 80 Ken palm wins against florida uh dayton and then tonight against notre dame so that resume is looking good wisconsin is the only team that's beaten them so far so you know this is it's one of the oldest teams in college basketball i think it is the oldest the most experienced team of any major conference team so uh, it's a total shift with what Lon Kruger is working with this year, and you know Jay Billis on the broadcast tonight said he thinks this year's version, uh, even without Trey Young, is a better team than they were last year.
1: We've already talked a little bit about James and Manic, who's maybe an under the radar player that you think could have an impact on the game on Saturday with Wichita State.
0: Well, I'll, I'll point to two guys because uh, you know they're they're always mentioned together, and that's Aaron they there starting point guard and Miles Reynolds, who got his first start tonight, but he's been the sixth man off the bench. Uh, they're two graduate transfer guards, Kalixity from Maine and then um, Miles Reynolds from Pacific. And they're two guys that have really stabilized this backcourt after losing, obviously, Trey Young, like I've mentioned, and, uh, and other players from last year's squad. Um, and they've they've both been really solid. They're guys that you can tell. You know, there's such a wide gap between them being fifth-year guys versus a, a freshman coming in. So those are two guys that I think Juan Kruger relies on a lot and, and two guys that have looked like they've been here much more than, you know, eight games.
2: Yeah, and obviously OU's off to a, a really good start, but, you know, the Sooners football team is doing really well, and you know the basketball team doesn't have you know the star power like Trey Young. I was curious, what do you think the the attendance will be like on Saturday? You know, in Oklahoma City, not on campus. Um, do you think the OU fans? You know, is there you know excitement generated about this game, or uh, what do you think kind of the the arena will look like um, on Saturday?
0: You know, that's a that's a great question. I really have no idea what to expect. I mean, they're they've been drawing. They've only had. A pair of home games and have drawn about five and six thousand, and that's in Norman. So moving game in Oklahoma City, where obviously they've got a large fan base. Only thirty minutes down I thirty-five, but it's an eleven o'clock matchup. It's still, even though there's a four-week break to the next football game, it's still football season here in Oklahoma, and that means you know, even though this team should be garnering attention, I don't get the feel that you know OU fans are on board just quite yet w uh, it's, it's just hard to get people invested in basketball season in December when you've got a team in the playoff. But, you know, I I would expect maybe a crowd of five to 6,000 uh, at Chesapeake Energy Arena on Saturday morning. And maybe this win, if a lot of people were watching tonight, maybe they'll have a little more than that.
1: You might even have some Shocker fans make their way down I-35 and, and come visit you down there.
0: Yeah, maybe so. That, that would, that'd that be a, a fun environment for sure if, if uh, some Wichita State fans made the trip.
1: The Sooners will return to Wichita in 2019. They'll play at the downtown Intrust Bank Arena. A lot of Shocker fans have already circled that date on their calendar Is when former Shocker Austin Reeves will be returning with a Sooner uniform on this time around. Just from your perspective, how has Austin been uh, embraced by the program and the fans there at Oklahoma?
0: Well, I don't know if the fans really know what they have yet, but I can tell you that the coaches are overjoyed to have Austin Rees on the roster. I mean, Lon Krueger opens up all of his practices, so um, I've been in there a few times, and you can just see, you know, Austin Rees obviously isn't running with the starters because he can't play this year, but on that, you know, on basically the scout unit, he's he's one of the best players on the floor. You hear, you know, assistant coaches kind of half-jokingly saying, man, I wish we had Austin this year. And I think that, you know, they're in good shape, but I think they're, they'd are they they be in even better shape, obviously, with a guy like Austin Reason. And next year is shaping up. It's a top-10 recruiting class for OU coupled with Reeves potentially playing, um, and especially with what he's able to do from behind the three-point line He's a guy that they're definitely looking forward to having, and um, I I can't wait to talk to him this week to sort of preview this matchup against Wichita State and want to find out what he has to say about it.
1: Last question for you, Joe. If you had to maybe point to one key to this game on Saturday, maybe it's something that the the Sooners, when they particularly do something well, they usually always win, or when they have struggled, something they haven't done so well, what do you think that key would be?
0: You know, I, I think a big key for me is this McNeese injury isn't supposed to be a long-term thing, but he wasn't a boot tonight. I'm curious to see how OU plays offensively just because throughout so much of the season, they've sort of played through the post uh, with McNeese and he's been able to kick out to shooters on the wings. They kind of switched that up tonight. Um, So his availability could have some effect on the game, but um, I'm expecting a really good game and, Uh, It's going to be fun to see it.
1: For our listeners, you can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe underscore Masato, M-U-S-S-A-T-T-O. You can also read his work at NewsOK.com. Thank you for your time, Joe.
0: Thanks, Joe. Yeah, thanks so much.
1: All right, we'll move now into our own preview of Saturday's matchup with the Sooners. The game will start at 11 a.m. Central Time and will be broadcast on ESPNU. The Sooners come in ranked number thirty-nine in the Kenpom rankings. That it was, of course, before they beat Notre Dame tonight, eighty-five to eighty. They also have quality wins over Florida and Dayton. That was in the battle for Atlantis. They did lose to then number twenty-five Wisconsin down in Atlantis as well. The team averages 73.4 points per game and allows 65.1. They shoot at 45.7 percent from the field and 36.5 percent from three. Although, Taylor, if you were to watch that game uh, or you did watch that game tonight against Notre Dame, certainly didn't look like a team that uh, struggled like that from three. I think this is a team that comes in with some length, some experience, have played some quality opponents, and can certainly shoot the basketball from the outside.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw we saw that last year at N. Trust bank arena when you know of course they had Trey Young back then but you know he really just destroyed Wichita State's defense and uh you know he made his own uh, shots but he uh Brady Manick was really the, the story of last year's game he was able to just uh kill Wichita State in the pick and roll uh they would have a, a screener for Trey Young up top and then just have him roll down the middle. And, you know, forced Wichita State's defense to cover him. And then uh, that pop guy, the, the very top of the key, that was usually Brady Manic, And uh, he just uh, completely, uh, you know, destroyed Wichita State from up there. And uh, he made, I think, five threes last year in that game. And, uh, you know, he, he had a big game tonight against Notre Dame as well. So that's going to be the target number one. Um, I think Wichita State is uh, much better equipped, I guess, this season because they're playing Marcus McDuffie at the four. You know, last year that's you know maybe Daryl Willis, maybe Rano, uh, guys like that. So. Um, I think they're, they're, they have better, uh, I guess, personnel to, to cover those pick and rolls this year. So, you know, McDuffie is pretty agile, you know, Ichinike is pretty agile. So whoever gets matched up with him, I think they're going to do a much better job. You know, I think uh, Marshall said at today's press conference that, you know, he's, he's the game plan. They're spending a lot more time on the game plan this year. They don't want to be embarrassed like they did last year when OU came and, you know, dropped 54 on him in the first half. And, you know, that game looked closer than it was, 90, 91-83, but really OU, that was their game for pretty much the, the entire, you know, last 30 minutes of that game. So uh, Wichita State, uh, I expect a much better game plan on how to, to defend those pick-and-rolls and pick-and-pops. And, pick and, pops. and uh, I think uh, Saturday's game will be much uh, much closer. You know, you, you see that given a week of practice, what Wichita State has been able to do after uh, Charleston, Marshall said, you know, this, this team needs practice. Uh, you look at what they did against Rice. You look at what they did against Baylor the first 20 minutes. I think, uh, you know, this team is only getting better. And with another week off, I think we can expect that improvement to continue in Oklahoma City on Saturday.
1: The Sooners were picked to finish eighth in the Big 12 preseason poll out of 10 teams, but they'll come in on Saturday at seven and one on the year. They're led in scoring by 6-4 senior guard Christian James. He came into tonight's game averaging 19.1 points per game, and then he went ahead and put up 25 at Madison Square Garden. So certainly, uh, from the guard position, someone that can score the basketball and more than likely see uh, probably a Dexter Dennis on him uh, on Saturday.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably a, a good call on that. You know, OU can really hurt uh, WSU from the perimeter, and uh, it'll be interesting to see that matchup and how Wichita State decides to, to defend. And, uh, you know, last year they, they just really struggled keeping the ball in front of them. And, you know, when uh, the point guard or whoever was up top was able to uh, penetrate and break down the defense, you know, Wichita State got hurt a lot you know, on those kickout passes to the perimeter. And, and having you know, opponents shoot open threes like that. and uh, Those are the most dangerous shots in the game, the catch and shoots that are wide open, and uh, those are something that WSU is definitely going to have to limit against OU, especially Christian James. I thought they did a, a really good job against Baylor limiting those, um, and really you know the pressure is starting to affect opponents. You know you, you expected it against Rice. Uh, you didn't know if that was going to continue, and then they, they did it again against Baylor, maybe even better, uh, especially in the first half. So that's something that I would expect. Uh, you know, it's not going to be as good uh, as the first half Baylor, but it's probably something closer to that than, than what we saw the second half.
1: If the Shockers win this game on Saturday, does it change the way that you look at this season?
2: Uh, I think so. I mean, they have a chance to, to build uh, some serious momentum if they they win on Saturday. Uh, you know, that, that would be three in a row. Then they get to come home to Coke and play, you know, uh, or in Wichita and play three straight games. You know, Jacksonville State has really struggled this year. You know, Southern Miss uh, isn't, you know, anything uh, that special. Oral Roberts at home, um, you know, those are three very, very winnable games. So, you you know, you don't want to look ahead, but, you know, that's that's a potential six-game winning streak. Going into the the non-con finale at VCU and really VCU, uh, you know they're solid and it's going to be tough to, to win. That's going to be the first true road game uh, where you play on a campus arena, but um, you know that's a that's a winnable game too. And uh, even look at the first AAC game. You know Memphis has kind of struggled so far in the non-conference. That's going to be a, a good opportunity for Wichita State. So uh, you know who would have thought? You know we'd be thinking like this. Uh, you know after the Louisiana Tech game, you know so many people were ready to. To you know, pull the plug on these guys and say this is just you know a lost season, uh, a rebuilding year. But you know, if Wichita State can beat OU, that's a that's a very very quality opponent. That's going to be a top 50 team, uh, and then you know from there, I mean they can build some serious momentum momentum going into AAC play.
1: Well, I'd certainly agree that it's going to be a tall task. We saw OU take down Notre Dame tonight. We also heard Joe's thoughts on the team. If I asked you to make a prediction for Saturday, 11 a.m. tip-off, in the house that Russ Westbrook built, I guess, who do you build? built, and then he left.
2: <laughs> um, I think I like uh, – I really like OU's game. I think uh, just the way they play. Lon Kruger, very good coach, and uh, they just – they shoot the ball so well. Um, you know, getting them on a neutral court, although it, it will count in uh, the nitty-gritty uh, report as a, a true road game for Wichita State, um, but, you know, getting them on a neutral court, that's, you know, better, but I, I just think OU is playing at a very, very high level, you know, sending a young team like this on the road. Um, I, I think it will be a learning experience for the, the young Shockers, so I'll go with OU 82-71. to 71.
1: I'm calling the upset. Let's go. Wichita State, I will say with this young team, the one thing I think they respond to is Coach Marshall kind of getting them fired up in his speeches. And I could say I'm you know, playing a little bit of a revenge factor here. Um, not that many of them were on the team for last year's game at Intrust Bank Arena, but they really embarrassed Wichita State in a way that I think from a defensive perspective that I haven't seen them embarrassed many times in the last, you know, five seasons or so so i'll I'll give uh wichita state the upset win we'll say 76 73 buy sell time producer brian
3: all right so we're going to jump into very serious one right here off the bat buy or sell does the soul suck
2: (laughs) the amiga song Oh, you don't like the Migos? There's, Bring there's what you got? no, there's it,
3: it, It's not the song. Oh, it's you, a, you can't at the top.
2: You can't clap to it. There's no like. You can bob to it. You can bob. <laughs> I'm gonna sell that. I like the Migos.
1: I'm gonna sell that only to the fact I think they have an ad agency that does the video, and I'm not sure how much they're able to change things once they they pump it out there. So I got you offset.
3: <laughs> all right, buy or sell. Austin Reeves shakes Marshall's hand on Saturday.
1: I'm going to buy that. I think this is more of a, you know, everyone wants to have drama or a story. We're in the TMZ era of things. So uh, I'm going to buy that. They're going to shake hands.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're going to go through the, the post game handshake. It, it cracked me up uh, today at the press conference. They asked, uh, somebody asked Marshall if he was going to uh, change any of his plays or do anything differently because Reeves was on the team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe he would, you know, give tip you, you off, and Marshall just kind of looked and said, "No, we're not doing anything differently." But I think they do shake hands at the end of the game. All right. So the Baylor game
3: is that the largest variance we're going to see during the course of a game, like half to half. We we got a thirty-three point lead. It goes down to a five point lead. So it's it's a you know big swing there. Twenty-eight points. Is that the largest variance that we will see within a game? Does it get more consistent, or is that something you think we'll see again?
2: Uh, I'm going to sell that. I don't think we'll, we will see a swing like that ever again. Just looking at the defense, uh, so they stopped Baylor 20, or they uh, Baylor only scored 22% of their possessions uh, seven times out of 32 trips. And then they scored 21 times out of 38 trips the second half. So I don't think we're going to see a swing as big of that as, big as that. You kind of saw it a little uh, in the Appalachian State game the second half and a little in the Davidson game from uh, the offensive perspective. But I don't think we're going to see as big of a swing on offense and defense combined like we did uh, against the Baylor.
1: I'm going to buy that. I think Pepto Bismol should be an official sponsor of this team this year. We're going to see a lot of ups and downs, you know, I think you could go from up 20 to down 10. So you could have just the same kind of swing, but maybe still not hold the lead, uh, particularly in conference. You could could see some big lead changes. So hopefully this doesn't happen again, but certainly it's been a long season already.
3: Yeah. Finally, WSU had a nice rebounding margin against Baylor. Baylor is a very athletic team. Also, over the years, has been very committed to rebounding. Is this team back to being a dominant rebounding Shocker team?
1: I'm going to buy that. You know, they have the height. Uh, I had to think about that there for a second, <laughs> what I was going to go with. But they have the height. Uh, they've shown a commitment not only to rebounding, but you know, performing a little better on the defensive end of the basketball. So I, 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 are they elite? I'm not sure. But are they trending in the right direction? Yes. Yes. I'm gonna
2: sell that. I don't think they are back to being, you know, a, a dominant team like we've seen in the past. You know, pretty much all of uh, Marshall's teams at Wichita State, I think they've been in the top 40 and Kempom and holding opponents on the uh, on the offensive end, so limiting offensive rebounds. And you know, they got a, a long ways to go this year. They they kind of got off to a slow start, so I don't think they're gonna finish in the top 40. Which would be the first team in the Marshall era not to do that? Um, but I do think, like uh, Dustin said, they are trending in the right direction. I just don't think they're going to be dominant this season, uh, especially you know playing McDuffie so many minutes at the four, uh, just kind of undersized. Uh, so if they can just kind of scrape by and just be good, I think uh, I think that is all this team needs really.
1: Well, it's another good show this week. We look forward to the game on Saturday against the Sooners. There are only four non-conference games remaining after Saturday's matchup with the Sooners. So we'll have Jacksonville State and Southern Miss for you on next week's show. The week after, I believe we'll have Oral Roberts and VCU. it will be time to do a little conference preview and get you ready for an exciting slate of AAC. Thank you again for listening to the show. Be sure to tell us to all of your friends and Taylor. Greatest five stars only. Talk angry, there you go.